don't you start this time, Jolene? Oh, I just blew it. I started. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Jason. Well, fuck you too, Jolene. <laughs> fighting, fighting. Is it healthy? First rule of Fight Club? You do not talk about Fight Club. What's the second rule of Fight Club? You do not talk about Fight Club. That's right. And so we're talking fighting on this episode of the Integrateness Podcast with Jason and Jolene. We already identified ourselves by telling each other to fuck off. <laughs> so today's episode is inspired by the new backdrop in Jason's uh, studio here. He's got a Fight Club poster there and we were literally just looking around the room at like, what's this topic going to be? And we were like, fighting, healthy fighting. fighting. Because you do need to fight. People seem like, you ever, do you ever have, know those couples that say, oh, we never argue? Mm-hmm. And do you think they've resolved any differences that are important to resolve to have a long-lasting, healthy relationship? Like, how many of those couples have lasted? Uh, I think that they could have lasted for quite some time because you might have two avoidant individuals. Yes. <laughs> However, how healthy are their bodies? How healthy is their relationship? How much resentment do they hold? Do they have illnesses like cancer or chronic disease or cardiovascular issues? Do they have chronic pain issues? Because it will express somewhere. If you're not expressing it out, it's expressing itself somewhere. Is one partner passive aggressive and the other one avoidant? So they just let that person give the the nudging and the this and the that, right? Think about those dynamics. You got the nagging one person and the avoidant other person in the other room that just lets them go off. Or goes outside and mows their long dead lawn. <laughs> we were talking about that. <laughs> over and over and over again. Jason's neighbor killed his lawn but still mows it. Yeah, and I, I think it's to avoid his wife. <laughs> I've watched their dynamics. So... <laughs> So, healthy fighting, okay? What are some examples of healthy fighting you've had? Oh, my wife and I have had a few of those recently, which is good, I think, because we had a long period of cohabitating. Well, we've always cohabitated for like mm-hmm. 15 years now. But with p- the pandemic, you're in each other's faces. Mm-hmm. And so there's just, we went on a trip, we came back, I was in a really bad mood, then it made her in a bad mood, then it made my son in a bad mood, then my son dropped his phone, and then I kind of said, well, there is an expensive lesson. And then Jess was going to go pay to fix it anyways. And then it just became a huge blowout one day. And then? And then things were fine because we hashed through a bunch of things that had needed to be talked about for quite a while. Yeah. And I we've lo- done that a few times. Not the We haven't had a big blow, but we've had periods where it's like, okay, look, we need to talk about this. Yeah. And it's not uncommon. And I also think it's because, <laughs> you know, we are factoring so many different things in and we're always looking for the right time to say things. And there's never a right time. But when you don't express it in the here and now and you have to table it, you got to get to it at some point. It's like leftovers, right? Like you can't eat them all at this meal. So you're going to have them. But if you leave them for too long. They go bad. Yeah. And you might have to throw the whole container out. Yeah. Okay. And that is very symbolic of divorce. That's a, that's a great analogy. The whole relationship is a container and sometimes the whole container needs to be thrown out. So it is about opening the lid and giving it a sniff from time to time and being like, oh fuck. Okay, here we go. Yeah. So, and it's hard because a lot of people feel really guilty about those big blow ups. And I love working on that in therapy because it's about the repair. It's about, okay, what did we each know about each other? What was happening for me in that moment? What was happening for you? And then for Griffin, it was, it was, it was probably a state of helplessness of like watching his two parents who are normally relatively, um, uh, harmonious Mm -hmm. go through this like, uh, unpredictable kind of experience and then not having control over that and the outcome of that. Right. And then what his internal experience was. So it's about where you locate yourself in that and like, 
what was happening for you? Because then we can start to see that in our partners or the people in our families or our workplaces. And we see them as their little warning signs like, oh, oh yellow light, right? Mm-hmm. Something's happening there. We can help them identify it. But then we're also going to gauge a little bit of our behavior around that. We start to do this from a very young age. That's social conditioning. Um, and it can be very helpful, but it can be very harmful when it becomes our only way of interacting is to just co-regulate and um, pay attention to what everyone else is doing and respond to reduce their um, outlash or, or, or response, right? So yeah, it's this delicate balance of when am I able to speak up and create some conflict and resolution here? And that depends on how healthy the container of the relationship is, the um, individual that you're delivering that to, like all the things. Go back to the boundary episodes, go back to the resentments, like all of this is in there, right? Huge, yeah. And and it's like, how well can you read that other person? And sometimes you read them really well and you still have to do it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it, I think it becomes, it's like, a, it can be a delicate thing because nobody, I don't think anyone really likes to fight. I don't like there's some people maybe who enjoy kind of antagonizing other people, but even those people, they like to antagonize. You turn around and you go, well, go fuck yourself. They, they can't handle it because they're used to just being the picker. Yeah. Right. So I think I don't think it's something anyone likes to do, but it's something that has to be done. A friend of mine and I have 38 years had a huge falling out earlier this year and I figured that was it. And then we started slowly talking again. Then I figured out I'd borrowed like four of his movies that he probably wanted back. So we needed to meet and we did. And it was great. And we talked through a whole bunch of stuff that should have been talked through probably like 25 years ago but we did and now we've kind of been able to to create a new friendship but we've also created some boundaries within that friendship to prevent certain like we can't work together professionally in any capacity and we should have known that way back in the day but we kept trying because we work really well together but we just shouldn't work together yeah and so that became the component that we took out that will preserve the friendship don't do business together yeah. yeah. Wow. That's really cool. That's like the sauerkraut that's already sour, but really went sour. Yeah. Yeah. It really went sour because it sat <laughs> Took for a far long too long. Time, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, ooh, it did not age to perfection anymore. <laughs> yeah. So thinking about that, like where are the healthy fights, right? Like we're like, we fight ourselves all the time, right? And sometimes there's this healthy fight to like push through, do the hard work. But then like, when does it just feel like we're always fighting? Like these are points of depletion for people Mm -hmm. too, right? Um, And at what point is it like, why the fuck am I fighting for this? Like, I remember that about my marriage, right? Like, I felt like I was fighting for it for so long. And then I was like, why am I fighting for this when everything just feels like a fight and everything is a fight at this point, right? What am I fighting for? Yeah, what, you know? where's the, when you look and at the pros me, and the cons. Where, yeah, yeah, for me, it was loyalty. It was fighting against change. It was fighting for a vision that I had already predetermined right it was you know fighting for previous promises made you know things like that and fighting to not see everything probably the way that it really was right Mm -hmm. um but yeah there comes a point where you have to recognize holy shit like why am i fighting and then looking at other things that like we fight for too right and this is kind of like if you listen to our alignment episode you'll be like well that doesn't make sense jolene because like when you're not in alignment it feels like resistance it feels like a fight right but I also believe, and maybe this sounds contradictory, but like, we got to fight for the good stuff. We got to fight for the shit that matters. There's going to be so many things presented to us in life and we have to sift through them, but we have to chase. We have to believe in 
some things that we really got to go for, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, it's, you, you have like, well, when I did counseling, it was like your 10 core values, mm-hmm. but you got to be careful. Cause like you said, with your marriage, you had loyalty, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but loyalty, like loyalty is one of mine, but one of my other 10 core values is peace. So when does loyalty yes. put peace at risk, right? Totally. And then you got to, that, then there's the balance again, right? Mm-hmm. Figuring it out. So you, you, my dad always said, pick your battles. And at the end of it, kind of like we've talked about lots of times before, are you fighting for someone else or are you fighting for yourself? And at the end of the day, it really is us we need to fight for. No one else is going to fight mm-hmm. for us, but us. Yeah. We're on this. Eventually. We, yeah. Yeah. There's that, what's that one quote? Like. The, the path of your life is one you walk alone, like others may walk it with you, but no one walks it for you. Yeah. And that's what it ultimately comes down to. Yeah, right? Um, and we have all these relationships that nourish us and parents that raise us. And then we go from this point of dependence to independence to interdependence and all of that. And it's like, yeah, at what point do we remember, shit, I am the only person truly going to bat for me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of that fight for self, fight for future. And by doing that, the people around you benefit from it, right? Um, do you avoid fights, right? Like I, I'm a bit more vocal. I would have avoided them way back in the day, but like I definitely advocate for myself more. And I know when I almost am like, I don't want to say starting a fight, but creating some discord as like a protective mechanism. I used to do that all the time, right? When I sent something and I needed to create distance, I would create distance that way, right? Um, and I'd probably, like in what way? What way? I would probably, curious. I'd turn down the empathy and I would have to put like protection up. So okay. where I would normally respond with compassion to other people, I might not. And it would, it would create distance because there would be a rejection component or a reaction on the other side, any of those kinds of things. Right. But I also would have no problem speaking up and being more vocal if I get angry Um, or like passionate about something, I'm super quick intellectually and I verbally can dominate a discussion. I do the same thing. (laughs) That's that's my strength and weakness at the same time, right? Because it can damage relationship too. It can. I do the wall, the the lack of empathy. There's certain points where it should be, like you say, a compassionate response, Mm. but it's like, nah. And I think too, yeah, I think biologically there's a weird shutoff because in order for your emotions to come through, that would dysregulate your your uh, body and that might inc- like increase a fight or flight mechanism, which then detaches the prefrontal cortex, which is where all that, that logical fight comes from. Mm-hmm. So I think I disconnect enough from my body to stay in my logical. And I think you probably do this. I do this. And I had to, that was something I developed at the paper covering. Yeah. Crime. You have to, you're talking mm-hmm. to people about horrible things, right? So yeah. You just, you just, something turns off. And I think that's an adrenaline thing. And it's a little different than like a dissociative response yep. where you check out. This is actually a performance. So I think it's what a lot of first responders do. And that they take that shock factor, the body shock away, and they just strictly go into response mode. Yeah. Right? And I think that that's what I do in those moments. Um, Those of you in my life who love me probably know what I'm referring to. (laughs) (laughs) Love or hate me, right? (laughs) But yeah, I would say like that's, that's a piece for me, right? Um, I see my kids fight all the time, right? And I think that there's a lot of productivity that comes from some of that fighting because it is their way of expressing that wasn't okay. I do think socially, we encourage people to be so polite and do the right thing and this and that. But let's face it, we are still animalistic in nature and there is a pecking order and there's 
um, you know, rules of dominance in playgrounds and this and that, and everyone's trying to find their space socially. And that is a natural falling uh, into place. Like nobody is truly equal. Like No, but no matter at, how much people want um, that and preach that, yeah. no one ever is. So someone's got to go at the front of the line and someone's got to go at the back. Cause if you don't, you have this fucking blob and no kids getting on the teeter totter or this trolley or whatever it is, the slide. Right. So at some point there's got to become some kind of pecking order of what that looks like. And sometimes they got to fight that out. Um, and like dogs are a perfect example. Sometimes you just have to let them like dictate what that interaction is going to look like without again being attack dogs but they'll sort that shit out fast yeah, we have three cats and they they get along really well but then they have moments where they're sorting that shit out right like you know. <laughs> the domestic honey badgers yeah oh they the are world, right? they are right and if they if they're pissy about something they let each other know what yeah. they're pissy about and then they fuck off they're yeah. done like yeah. they yeah totally we could learn a lot from cats yeah we could and then dogs are just kind of like, they get it out. And then they're like, dum, dum, dum. Yep. <laughs> you the can we go for a walk? Yep, right? I'm ready. Yeah. 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 So, um, what are some of the fights that have gotten you in the most trouble? Oh man. So many. So many. It's <laughs> like, I haven't had a lot of like physical confrontation sort of fights. I remember one at the paper and I'd had enough. Um, and it was the first time I really stood up for myself there because papers are a horrible environment to work in. But I had had, I'm not a Christmas person. I'm not a Christmas person. Right? We talked about this. And then the year that Griffin was born, I really wasn't a Christmas person because we were sorting out his health issues and his thyroid and it was not a happy time. Mm -hmm. So I came to work one day and those fuckers had decorated my entire desk with Christmas stuff. They made my screensaver Santa Claus and all that and lights and the whole bit. So I just let it go. Can we just pause and appreciate how awesome that is? I'm sorry, Jason. It's a great, no, it's a great thing. And it, was, it wasn't I got the, the joke of it. It was poorly planned. Poorly planned. They didn't think it through. But I let it go. And, you know, January 1st and 2nd rolls around. People took their Christmas shit down. But I'm like, I'm not taking this down because I didn't set it up. <laughs> January 15th rolls around. And one of those passive-aggressive emails goes out, just letting everyone know that whoever hasn't yet put taken their Christmas stuff down, they need to take it down by the end of the day. And so I replied all, I'm not taking my fucking shit down. Whoever set it up can take it down. And then my editor comes out and starts giving me shit for my attitude. Wow. And so I was like, fine, you want me to take the fucking Christmas stuff down? I'll take the fucking Christmas stuff down. And I grabbed, there's these wreaths that were on the TV, and I pulled so hard, I nearly pulled the TV out of the ceiling. I kicked the Santa Claus, like, across the newsroom. <laughs> the publisher came out i'm sorry are you guys laughing like he's actually he's acting it out right now <laughs> right but i'd had it like i had uh, had it and yeah. so the publisher came out and said what's going on so i explained it he helped me take everything down and put it away and the editors and everyone in the newsroom got in trouble yeah because i said i didn't put this shit up i didn't want it up and i said it right in the middle of the newsroom everyone's watching and i'm talking mm -hmm. to the publisher i'm not being quiet about it mm -hmm. i'm sure the whole building heard yeah because i project really well <laughs> but yeah that was good toe punt too <laughs> it all was oh i just was so angry like it was oh. just one of those things that actually quietly yeah. heard someone say so maybe that wasn't such a good idea and i was like no you fucking yeah. think it wasn't a good idea no it wasn't like think and you know it's interesting because for you you're such a level-headed guy that like that outburst i think woke them all up to be like holy shit this yeah jason's right and yeah. we gotta listen because it was out of character for you. So I work with a gentleman, I work with quite a few of them who have, they're pretty, they're hotheads. 
for lack of better words. And I've, I've helped them to learn to manage those responses. That would be across the board. They respond with anger first. Mm -hmm. And I was like, people aren't listening to you. I said, you have really valuable things to say. And the shit you say is so wise and will make a difference. But the minute you open your mouth, everyone stops listening because you're just the angry guy Mm -hmm. who loses it on everyone. I'm like, there's got to be a better means of delivery because you're supposed to be saying what you're saying. You just have to be heard and you will not be heard if you're angry. I feel like um, unions get treated like that a lot because they are always looking for the fight against the employer. So they just... People stop listening to them. Like it's a good fight for the employee, but I watched a lot of, oh, well, I mean, my ex was a union guy. Um, and I watched in my government job, like the union workers. Yeah. They would almost become this like mama mama in the background and what they were saying and their passion behind it was so necessary and needed, but it wasn't heard anymore. It was yeah. like the boy who cried wolf almost. Right. So it's like, where does your fight get heard and I was also one of those people who would verbally speak up and this and that and then it was like I I did have to take some things to a union level that I hadn't uh, and that was around the harassment related Mm -hmm. stuff and I remember being so fucking defeated and like yeah I could take this to all these levels because this is what it says I can but when the fuck do I just walk away and collect all of my energy and be like I'm moving out of this joint anyways and then sometimes there is the need to to go through the fight to make the systemic change right like it's again it's that pick your battle mm-hmm. and and like i'm glad you said because there are people who do have good things to say but they're tuned out because they're either always chirping up or it's their delivery is always off yeah right? or they've always been shut down yeah right like i remember i would i had so many uh colleagues who were so wise they had so much seniority they we needed theirs to be the voice of reason but they had watched the suggestions get shut down for so many years they just stopped making them yeah And I was like, fuck, but that's the voice. Like when you speak up, everyone listens. It was like you, Mm -hmm. you spoke up, everyone listened. There was a couple people I worked with who were like that. And I remember being like, you are the one that needs to deliver this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And you know, I pick my battles with my kids all the time. Like I could pick shit apart all the time to get on them for, but I am the parent of everything, right? And I don't want to be ragging on them all the time because just getting them out the door to school or eating healthy food or making sure they sleep on time, things that are well-intended become fights and nags, right? Yeah, and that gets lost. Yeah. My mom was a chronic nagger, so I just stopped listening to her. (laughs) You know what I mean? Even if it was valid, I just like, I don't care what you're saying. Totally. And then like for me, the wound of not being heard, not being seen just gets exacerbated in those moments. So that is like a chronic trigger as a mom that I go through in my home. And it's a little less now that I'm like heard in a relationship, but that was like a quadruple whammy at the time, you know, for many years. But, you know, we think about that. And if we go back and think about that last balance episode, that then becomes something that becomes out of balance because it was like in order to eat healthy, you were getting nagged at all the time as a kid. Mm -hmm. And then now you're trying to eat healthy, but we nag at ourselves in our head about what we should and shouldn't be doing and this and that. Like it perpetuates patterns too, right? It sure does. And there's no way around it, guys. Like there's no perfect way to do this. Like I don't think as a civilization we've fucking nailed any of this. But I think just being aware of it and making those connections in your brain right now goes, well, yeah, that makes sense. I come across this uh, like fairly honestly because of the patterning through how this evolves, right? 
Um, and again, there's no right or wrong way, but understanding why and how it came to be is so empowering and can change the trajectory of the impact of it on us. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. So, um, fights. Yeah. What fights have gotten me in the most trouble? Well, we know actually my kids and I were just talking about this of when I punched out that girl in grade five, when she bullied me. That's a good one. Can I tell you, I'm going to go off a little bit here, but I just think children are beautiful. My son is a really empathic boy. And anyways, I was talking to him about that and he started to cry because what had happened is she kicked me while I was on the floor reading to my little buddy in a hallway. And then later at lunch that day, she came up to my desk and dumped my desk over while I was eating my lunch. So I just stood up and punched her. I just fucking had it. And this was after weeks of her bullying me. But that day there was, I specifically remember. So anyways, um, my son was asking about like, you know, did you get in trouble? And I said, well, of course the teacher has to call. And I said, but you know, grandpa used to watch me cry myself to sleep every night. Cause I got bullied for being fat is really what it was. And, um, uh, yeah. So I said like the teacher was also proud of me and said like, I kind of don't blame her. And that was probably the only thing that'll stop this girl. Right. So I wasn't in trouble, but the teacher called. Anyways, my son started crying and he came over and he goes, mom, I'm just so sad for you. And I said, why, honey? And he said, because you didn't get to finish your lunch. (laughs) And I was like, my heart just dropped. (laughs) And he was genuinely sad. He just goes, mom, I'm just like, were you hungry for the rest of the day? Like I just, and I said, you know what, honey? I don't think I was worried about my lunch. I said I was embarrassed because she embarrassed me. But I learned so much from that. And I learned when it was okay to speak up for myself and when I had to and when I didn't want to feel that way anymore. And I said, that was my lesson out of that. I said, so my lunch didn't bother me so much. But it was really neat to watch him um, go through that process of like what he was really empathic about, right? That is cool. And, and, yeah. and kids pick up on the most interesting things to be empathic. When you explain... When, I do a lot of explaining through stories. Like those are mm-hmm. the that's how yeah. I was taught. And so what my son picks up on is always fascinating. So it's not even the it's not even the point. It's just another totally. through line through that whole story. So. Yeah, and for him trying to reconcile when is it okay to fight, when is it not? Because he fights with his siblings often. Like he there's often like a pecking order of who gets blamed the most. Mm-hmm. It's often him, even though it's not always his fault, right? Now in hockey, they're starting to play a little rougher and he's starting to see, well, these guys aren't following the rules. Where am I allowed to not follow the rules without it sacrificing his team too much or yep. him too much, right? So he's starting to learn this. They watched me and their dad fight for a long time. Like they remember from a young age, right? So there's all of these things about like, what does fighting mean, you know? Um, and then like, I can think of times where I, yeah, probably started fights. Well, I, I remember one physical fight in high school that I started that I really didn't need to. It was more socially derived than mm-hmm. internally derived. So that was a bad choice. There are, um, you know, arguments and fights and friendships that were totally not necessary. When I look at the end of things, there were, like I talked about intentional fights to create distance and safety in relationship, things like that, workplace fights. Um, and then, yeah, internal fights, internal fights with myself, right? Um, especially through the last few years of things. Um, and then sometimes like lots of, you know, we all have dark pockets in our life, you know, when we talk mm-hmm. about grief and different transitions like that in life. And yeah, there there are times where you you fight yourself in a different kind of way, right? Oh, co- yeah, constantly. Self-sabotage I... fights. Yeah. Like we could have a whole episode on self-sabotage folks, right? And like the biggest one there is like, Be fucking honest with yourself. Be so embarrassingly honest with yourself. And that's what I love about 
a lot of the safety cultivated in the sessions with my clients because what some of my clients are able to um, self-disclose to me is I, I, I commend them so much because there's so much shame associated with those behaviors, right? But there is so much power when we finally call ourselves out on that bullshit. Yeah, no, I, I, I get right. That could be a whole other episode. And it is a <laughs> sigh of relief. Yeah, to be honest. Once it's outed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for well, sure. I think we found the next favorite episode. <laughs> and we'll open podcast. with the Beastie Boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just enough so we don't get copyrighted. Exactly. Right? Um, so yeah, leave comments. What do you fight about? What do you avoid fighting about? Have you had a fight that was justified or that you really shouldn't have picked that fight? Mm-hmm. Let us know. And like I said last week, we might do a whole tips viewer yeah. expression episode and on the show. Yeah, going back to what we talked about before, like our body's going to fight back. Our body is going to fight what our like capacity is for it. It's going to fight back in different ways. It's going to say, hell no, I'm out, yep. right? So if it's not you fighting, where's your body fighting? Where are other people fighting you on things? Yeah. So much. So much. We might even have to revisit this topic down but, the road. But first rule of Fight Club. Do not talk about Fight Club. <laughs> so until next week, I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. Don't talk about Fight Club. Mm-hmm.